Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. I want to take a few moments to share some thoughts I have about generative AI. Generative AI is taking the world by storm. Everyone, since the release of ChatGPT, people and companies have been considering where to apply AI. And there's been a number of technologies um, that use utilize you AI. And so the way it's working is that OpenAI has an API and you can submit um, prompts and text to the OpenAI through a language interface, whether it be JavaScript or Python or C Sharp. And OpenAI will return back text or commands. Now, one of the interesting things that I noticed is that you can interface OpenAI with Power BI. Now, what that means is that Power BI exposes the data to OpenAI and allows the user to ask questions about the data, and OpenAI can send back commands to the Power BI and perform specific functionality. It may be to show a slicer of the data or to generate a chart, but it demonstrates the power of OpenAI to do single task, few task, or multitask. And as these uh, tasks can become more complicated, the power of OpenAI will be realized in terms of automation. That things that would require a programmer or a data analyst to do for you can be done by OpenAI. And so I think that the direction Microsoft will go with Power BI is to incorporate OpenAI and power automation to allow uh, tasks to be performed on data in the, the tool itself. Now, if we move to another tool called uh, Toggle AI, it um, allows the user to take a blueprint, and the blueprint then is analyzed by OpenAI and questions about the blueprint can be asked through ChatGPT. That's a powerful feature because the OpenAI can also work with the AutoCAD drawings and make modifications to it quickly through natural language processing. And so that that speed to make change can be done through natural language commands and which may take several hours for an arch, arch, uh, architect to make those uh, modifications and respecifications and calculations. So the use of open AI inside of 
blueprints is going to be a powerful feature. Um, I'm, my, my prediction on open AI is that it will give the individual a team. So for example, Stable Diffusion provides a graphic artist to your team. So let's say you're an author and you need a book cover. You can describe in Stable Diffusion what you want the book cover to look like, modifications to the scenes, and through a very descriptive feature, you may be able to get a person riding a motor, futuristic motorcycle in a futuristic city. Now, if that's the image you want to communicate, and then you can incorporate different styles of graphic art. Maybe you want a pointillism, or maybe you want it to be done in a impressionist mode, or maybe you want it to be a modern, high-tech look. Um, and so what it's doing is giving you the power of layers of functionality. So you might have one uh, layer that is the, the layout designer, and there's a certain rules of aesthetics that you would apply in a layout. The next could be a um, the artist that will draw the imagery and then the third layer may be someone who will come in and do the layering of colors and maybe a fourth would be the presentation of the image and the selection of the title for the book so these are all things that are powerful in terms of, of generative AI. When I think of generative AI, I think of things like um, voice, text to voice. There is a company called uh, Live Person AI, and they combine the open AI interactions with a customer and the the bot can answer specific questions being proposed by the customer it they do have a set of APIs that the open AI can communicate with to extract information about comparative analysis now i've thought about how could this be useful in an employee portal Maybe you want to have a chat and find out things like how many hours can you take for vacation, what days of the are paid holidays, what the policy is for sick leave. There's a number of question and answer type of things that could be um, applied in an employee portal, giving a conversational question and answer dialogue with the end user. Now, the other thing um, might be in the area of suggestions, things for improving safety or improving operations. And 
those uh, ideas could be analyzed and the chat GPT could carry on a dialogue which then is is uh, is filtered and summarized and passed on to the, the to the owners so that that's also a real powerful feature um, now I think personally I'm there's a company called Cynthius AI and this is a company that's caught my attention because they can you can take text and in a short amount of time generate a video from that text and for example if i'm speaking in english the the uh um the open ai can be used to translate from English to German or to Spanish or to a, one of 120 different languages. They also have 125 different avatars that can be used for video creation. That also kind of is very similar to Colosseum where they have avatars and you can speak, uh, put your text in and the avatar will speak from a certain position. Now, the next step in this would be to make the AI, generative AI, more creative, and that is to animate not only speaking behavior, but interaction between multiple characters or avatars and reenactments of a story. For example, in a legal environment, if you were trying to demonstrate or illustrate what had happened either at the accident or at the crime, rather than describe it verbally and then let the jury try to create the imagery in their mind of what happened, you could have the prosecution version of the text reenacted using avatars, or you could use um, the defense of their what their version of happening. So you could have two different models to recreate the different perceptions. Now, where I see the Cynthia AI and the Colosseum would be in the area of training. And the generative AI, once it becomes, becomes more movie-like, will be more useful in training. So for example, uh, techniques for cutting boards or techniques for uh, doing things in a certain procedural manner could be demonstrated on video and then provided in real time to the user or stored on a server to be viewed at some future creation. So the media creation is really important. You know, I think people are concerned about generative AI that it will sound mechanical, but I think the voice synthesis is getting better and it sounds more natural you could you could disclaimer it by saying that you're a 
the call is coming from an AI assistant and allow the user to decide whether or not um, the experience is good. And I think that the experience will be good because their AI, generative AI has the ability to make a conversation and people are going to expect that level of service with them. They don't want um, hard to navigate systems where they can't ask questions or they can't get clarifications and context put in. Um, it's very difficult when you get a phone answering service and they tell you if you want to press find uh, a certain person, put in the first three number digits of their name in numeric form. It's a very difficult way to find people through that search algorithm. A better way would be to have a natural conversation and then book an appointment or have the AI um, leave a voice message of what you have to say. Okay, there's um, lots of things are going on with image generation, with generative AI. You know, there's art that's being created. Now, one of the things that I've I've found that was interesting about the art is that it it seems like that they're taking things like particle systems and animating it and giving you a view of what it would be like to be a part of that particle system in terms of color, motion, and the perception of 3D. Um, I think that the idea of like, for example, using drones and then taking the video from the drone and using generative AI to create your 3D models and then using uh, virtual reality and Unity to interact in that environment. So you can now create models of the real environment and you can go into that model and experience uh, what is happening there virtually. So you may be a long ways away. You don't have to get on a plane and fly out to the location. You can just put on the VR headset and interact directly with that model. Now, with the introduction of Lambda Lambda 2 by Facebook, it has um, utilizes Hugging Face for using trained models. So you can download that trained models. Those models are, are big. Some of them are gigabytes. And you can utilize that model in through your text generation web API. So there, there is... Um, a Python server that can be launched that allow you to interact with that API. Now, the advantage of Lambda 2 is that it is a localized large language model. And as a result of that, you may be able to fine tune your local data to the model. So you load, you load the model uh, from Hugging Face, and then to provide one zero-shot, few-shot, or multi-shot tasking, you fine-tune it to that level of performance, and then you give the model specific prompts in order to build context. 
So Hugging Face is going to be a very important uh, platform for finding models that can be used uh, to perform specific tasks and then applying those models to those tasks and creating a market. And I think that that, that uh, open source tool is, is fantastic. Now, we have seen the introduction of tools where you pay a subscription to Microsoft for CodePilot. And that helps you um, generate code for specific tasks using natural language processing or uh, refactoring existing code to make it more efficient. I think that where um, Copilot and Tab 9 are going to be really effective is in the in the um, in the realm of building not just functions but combining series of well-defined APIs into sequences that perform specific processes. And once uh, code generation gets to the point that you can define a process from a business requirement and then it perform accurately and efficiently, then the power of generative AI will be realized as com software companies begin to uh, remove the barriers of software that are usually due to high levels of craftsmanship and uh, the expense of testing and quality assurance and moving that into the realm of the machine and lowering the cost of the software so now more companies can enjoy the uh, usage of that software. And I think that's going to be a powerful incentive. Another area, another startup is uh, using sound and write, using generative AI to write poems, songs, lyrics, and uh, facilitate uh, entertainment. So let's say you have a AI-generated movie and now you want a catchy theme song. You could use um, SoundDraw to create your, your, your music. Uh, Tomi AP app is an AI-powered storytelling platform. It allows users to create powerful presentations using generative AI to create new slides. Okay, take that, Tomi, one step forward and make a full uh, movie production. Now, maybe instead of, of going to the movie to see a box, off hit, box office hit, you could go to see movies that are popular on YouTube and um, and then as they become reach a certain number of user views, maybe that becomes uh, vis uh, visible and accessible in the movie theater for the big movie experience. You know, marketing is going to be a very important piece for generative AI. Uh, how are they going to take uh, the, the consumer's spending behaviors, the frequency, and the amount of revenue and decide how to take those interests or preferences of that specific user and build advertising, generate advertisements 
specific to that individual. You know, in the past, you couldn't do that because it was too expensive. But with generative AI, you could take those profiles and then work to create a specific advertisement for that specific person. There is a new startup called Chat PDF, where you can take an existing PDF and ask the chatbot specific questions about that. A lot of research papers are written in PDFs. Um, a lot of the internet has PDFs as sources of information. You could take chat G PDF, um, absorb those PDFs, and then ask questions to them. One of the real powers, I think, of generative AI is text summarization. Taking long pages and asking questions or getting instant answers about specific documentation is very important. Humanta AI does that. It allows you to take different types of documents and then have it fine-tuned with the open AI and get answers. Um, In-world AI, that platform uses natural language processing to create generative characters that can mimic human behaviors. So one of the really great tool packages that's out there is YOLO. And YOLO can look at different behaviors and put labels on the behavior. Like the person's picking up an object, a person's buying an object, a person is running. Now, I think this is interesting in in-world AI is that it can mimic human behaviors. And that's going to be very important because if an AI bot is, let's say, avatar is acting uh, in strange behaviors that are not familiar, it'll be repulsive. Uh, and it might scare away potential buyers. So the, the AI avatars that are mimicking human behavior have to be very accurate and their responses have to be uh, very human-like. And it has to leave a good experience. It has to be 10 times better than any other technology at interacting with people. Otherwise, it will never be adopted. And I think that generative AI with the capability to mimic human behaviors will reach that threshold or milestone. And we're going to see AI as highly adopted quicker, faster maybe than any other technologies. Because to say that we don't need uh, this is to lose a competitive advantage and businesses will that are going to remain competitive will need to uh, adopt and test and then use generative AI in a way that will help them increase profits.